Hi guys, before you listen, I wanted to put in a trigger warning as this week's episode includes some conversation surrounding depression and suicidal ideation. I recognize that that can be difficult to hear. So as you listen this week and every week, I just hope that you're able to take care of yourself in all the ways that you need to. I love you so much and I'm so happy you're here. Hi guys, welcome back to the For Good Podcast, a place to talk about the thoughts, conversations, and people that have changed me and my life for the better and for good. I'm so incredibly happy that you're here. Welcome back or welcome if it's your first time listening. I'm so happy that you're here. This is just a little a little place on on Spotify where I ramble and share my thoughts and bring on my friends and people that I love dearly to truly just sit and chat. I'm on a roll and I have another guest on the podcast for this week. I feel like I'm going to say this every single time, but again, this is someone that I love so, so much and someone that has grown to be one of my best friends and such a person of peace and wisdom and compassion in my life. And I can't wait to jump into our conversation. But if you've caught on to the routine of the podcast a little bit, I wanted to share my highs and lows from the week and then answer one of the We're Not Really Strangers questions. So I'll just jump on into that. As for my highs for the week, I feel like I have so many. I'm feeling so much better coming off of COVID and quarantine and all of the all of the craziness that that was. Also just like a fun a fun tangent quick. So within the span of a week, three of my housemates tested positive for COVID and then one of my housemates got lice and then my other housemate got the stomach bug. So our house was literally taken down by some supernatural forces, I swear, but it just was such a crazy tumultuous week for us. But everyone's kind of on the up and up now, which is good. And I'm dog sitting and house sitting this week, which has been so much fun. The house that I'm in is probably the most beautiful home that I've ever seen. And they have a sunroom, a huge master bedroom. They left me a robe in the bedroom to use when I got here. And they have two golden labs, which are just precious. So I've been loving, you know, making my making my home here, pretending that I live here. It's always so much fun to cook and bake. I've taken the dogs on some walks and some runs. And something about me is that I always love just getting to live in someone's house and pretend like I live here for a little bit. So I'm definitely leaning into it. I'm loving it. I've been doing this for about a week. Um, so it's just been so cozy and so wonderful to have a little change of scenery before the semester ends. Um, a new space to do homework and to invite some friends over. That's been a high from the week. And then a couple other highs. Liesl and I went to Dave and Buster's on Sunday because that was our Christmas present to each other was to go to Dave and Buster's together. So we realized that it's actually kind of expensive to go there. And I think we paid for like the $15 voucher to play some games. So we played a couple games. Then we both got a beer at the bar. <laughs> and we're able to catch up so that was really fun to do with her and then today we didn't have classes because it's easter friday so liesl and i woke up and we took all of our dogs because she's dog sitting as well so we took all of our dogs to outside coffee co which is just a local coffee shop around here and the coffee served from this like rv so we grabbed our coffee and then really just sat in the sunshine and chatted all morning. So that was just so much fun as well to check in and catch up and have a slow day, a slow morning with not having classes. So that was wonderful. And then I guess the other high I'll share is I feel like my friends and I have been brainstorming and shopping quite a bit for graduation dresses and also for our fits to wear to go see Taylor Swift because I don't know if I've I think I kind of mentioned this in my episode with Jamie but I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan and we're gonna go see her live two times which feels literally insane I don't understand how we 
survived the Ticketmaster craziness. Genuinely, that day feels like such a fever dream to me, but we were able to get tickets to the show in Nashville and one of the shows in Detroit. So we've been kind of brainstorming our outfits, what era we want to, you know, form our outfit around. So it's just been kind of fun to brainstorm some fun dresses and outfits for those occasions. So those have been some of my highs from the week. And then as for lows, uh, I feel like it's been a pretty good week. I don't think I've been feeling too drained mentally or emotionally. But I think overall, the biggest low from this week is probably just that it's a really big and busy season for homework and projects. I have a huge project for my social research class. So we had a ton of sections that were due for that this past week. I had my final site visit at my internship on the skilled nursing floor. So that's a pretty big part of our grade is just how our supervisor and professor is evaluating us on different tasks that relate to social work competencies and social work values. So I was pretty nervous for that, but I had my final site visit on Monday and it went well, which was good. And now I only have one more day of internship, which also just does not feel real to me that I've been there since September and I only have six more hours to go. So that was kind of, I was still kind of stressed about that meeting leading up to it. I led my last caregiver support group with one of my professors that I've done all year and I think like it's definitely been a busy busy week with homework and projects and staying on top of all these things but while doing so I think I've just kind of been grieving the fact that college is ending soon and I know that I've touched on this in other episodes so this is not going to be anything new or super profound but it just feels like right now it's really clicking and hitting that these are a lot of lasts and a lot of things ending and terminating as we kind of talk about in social work. I think part of me has grieved that in anticipation of graduation. You know, I've kind of been processing throughout the year of what it's going to be like to be done at college and I've really been trying to soak up these last few moments, but it's kind of difficult to know what's normal to feel right now not that I think that there fully is a normal so much of me does want to be done with college but I know I know that I'm gonna sob on graduation day I know that I'm gonna cry so much thinking about saying goodbye to my professors and my friends and just saying goodbye to what has been my home and a place of so much growth and tenderness and yeah I don't know (sighs) kind of grieving the fact that that it feels like I'm almost saying goodbye to part of myself in graduating and in leaving college just because I think about like little freshman me coming in and how much she's grown since then and how much she's changed and that wouldn't have happened if I if I didn't go to Calvin, if I didn't find myself in college in Michigan, you know, if I didn't go to school through a pandemic and if I didn't, you know, like live in this certain dorm or if this experience didn't happen, if I didn't change my major. I'm just reflecting on all the history that I hold with my college days and all the ways that I've I've changed since coming in. Maybe I'm scared of forgetting that and of letting go of that just because it was such a meaningful and profoundly impactful time of my life that I don't want to just forget about it and I don't want to just let it go um but I do want to be able to to look forward and see all the goodness that can come in something new so I'm sure that's probably incredibly redundant to what I've talked about a ton on this podcast before but that's kind of where I'm at with my low is busy homework, letting go of a lot of things, tying up the last things of the semester, and yeah, just kind of grieving the fact that we are literally graduating in 22 days. Oh my gosh. And then finally for the we're not really strangers question. Okay, this card is literally perfect for today's episode because we're going to be talking all about growth, but the card says, 
what have I outgrown recently and what am I growing into? I think there are so many ways that I've grown and changed in the past year, in the past couple months. One that I've been reflecting on most recently is where, where I was at this time last year, like the month of March or April of 2022. And I just remember feeling so stressed so exhausted and quite honestly so bitter and angry just about a lot of the things that were happening in the social work department at school and in the church and and within the job that I was working I just like very distinctly remember myself feeling so exhausted so depleted and pretty hopeless it just felt really difficult to even imagine what it would feel like to have a sense of peace about school or about my faith or yeah even just like a general sense of peace and stability surrounding my life at that time and I think I was just sitting in a lot of bitterness a lot of exhaustion and a lot of anger last year but I think I've seen myself not fully but I've seen myself striving towards outgrowing that and really trying to work on growing in grace and in forgiveness knowing that feeling hurt is okay, but I don't have to sit in that and I don't have to stay in that forever. I want to be a person that is overflowing with grace rather than rather than being someone who's so turbulent with my emotions or inconsistent with the love that I give people. I want to be someone steady and solid and consistently ready to give grace after grace. Yeah, I guess this is all kind of abstract and kind of vague. And I also want to say that I think that like my bitterness and my anger were valid for the the place that I was in. And those were very genuine emotions at the time. And I think they were also coming from a place of me caring so much um, about my professors and about the people at my school that were being marginalized and hurt and treated. Change that, but the truth is I probably won't because... All of my friends are such ramblers and are such ramblers in the best possible way. And I know that we could just sit and talk for hours and hours longer than, than we already do. Um, but sitting in so much of that anger and bitterness and not having any place in my heart for grace or for forgiveness or for just having more perspective to how complex people and situations are, I wasn't able to to be my best self or to show up for other people as my best self. Comparing Jenna from a year ago to Jenna today, I think I've seen myself grow in grace and empathy and just recognizing that there's so much more context to the people and the places and the situations that have hurt us. You know, we we talk a lot in social work about the person and environment framework, which is just the idea that like people... People are constantly being shaped by all the different contexts and all the different environments that they're a part of. And you can look at a person and you can analyze and you can criticize their behaviors and their actions as isolated, defining characteristics of who they are. Or you can look at all of the other forces and all the other life experiences and contexts and systems that are shaping that are shaping why people do the things that they do. I am in no way an expert at this and I... I think I still struggle to do this even with some of my closest friends at times, but I've really been trying to just practice that perspective and the idea that everyone's got something going on and I'm I'm not entitled to a full explanation and nor is a full explanation required for me to love people and to choose to choose empathy and to choose patience and to choose to see the best in and them and the things that they're doing and why they're doing in them because I think it just speaks to the beauty of I think it just speaks to one of my favorite things about life and that's just getting to know people and working through our own struggles and our own work I just want to grow to become someone whose disposition is to extend grace and to extend forgiveness I want to continue becoming slower to become angry and instead be be quick to offer forgiveness and quick to offer grace because I think that's that's what I would want 
um, if I was on the receiving end. And I think that's also the type of love that I think is modeled for us really well by the life of Jesus and what I strive to do as well. Yeah. So I think outgrowing some bitterness and some anger and rather than being quick, quick to turn angry and quick to maybe write people off or just assume that that my perspective and my experience and my feelings are the most important in the room, which I think we all kind of have a tendency to do when we're in a situation, you know, it's, it's hard to, to not think of ourselves first and our, our feelings and our experiences to be the most intense and the most valid, but try and understand what other people are going through and what other people, what other people may need as well. I have no idea if that made sense, but hopefully you were able to track a little bit with what I'm trying to grow into. Um, now that I've rambled long enough, I think those are all my updates for this week. So I'll kind of transition us into today's topic. Today I have my good friend Josiah Elstrom on the podcast and we're talking about all things related to growth. So I am just going to turn it on over to our conversation. Hello. <laughs> you want to say something? Yeah, check it. Check, check one, two, one, two. Testing, testing. Bubba's. <laughs> Bubba's. 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 <laughs> it's your boy, Josiah. Back at you with another Minecraft Let's Play. Let's get it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm here with Josiah. <laughs> Am I supposed to say hi? Hi. <laughs> I guess first, if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone on the podcast, tell us a little <clears throat> bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I am a junior I'm studying social work and psychology I'm at Calvin. Right now I'm not taking any classes. I work full-time at a human um, services organization, I guess. Um, uh, I work in residential treatment. Um, what else about me? I'm from Kansas. I grew up with a gajillion siblings, and I was homeschooled. Um, so, the first thing people normally think about me after I say that is that I'm Republican and very sheltered. Um, and? Normally, that's not the case. I enjoy music and being outdoors and just time with friends um, where I feel like I can be like vulnerable and people that make me more authentic I guess mm -hmm. so thanks yeah and then this is kind of in a similar vein but how do you think that you would describe yourself in three or five words um intelligent rowdy <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, neurotic. <laughs> That's been one of my go-tos lately. It's a fancier psych major way of saying that I'm very moody mm. and I can't control my emotions always. So I, I think maybe just like sad girl would be another way of saying it. Like, I, I can well, go like, from like... Emotionally like volatile? Yeah. Like my emotions say. change very quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, wow, like I wasn't ready experience those emotions um i think you said three to five or just three you can do three to three to five but however okay. many you want <clears throat> um loyal and compassionate the mm -hmm. other two i think i would definitely agree with all of those i guess kind of before jumping into what i wanted to talk about today i thought it'd be fun to talk about the story of how we met <laughs> A little recap of <clears throat> recap of our friendship. Social work two forty. True. <laughs> that was our first 
class together. Mm-hmm. But we never talked, though. Mm-mm. No, you sat, like, probably three rows in front of me. Maybe two seats. Mm-hmm, but I we sat, were in the same... I sat in front of Sarah. Yeah, we were in the same row, though, I think. Or maybe just oh, I think you were to the left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I was probably just mean mugging most of the time. I was in that class just... <laughs> I just kind of uh, thought you hated hated everyone or everything. Yeah. In that class. Well, I have but, RBF as part of it. Right. <laughs> which which I know now. Yeah. And that class, it's like an intro class. I feel like it's kind of hard, yeah. hard to feel the most excited think, or engaged all the time. Right. I think I was also just in my I'm better than everybody era, mm. um, which I go through. I cycle through like every... Every couple months, I think. <laughs> the super- superiority complex comes yeah, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you caught me on a, a good day. So. <laughs> a good day for the, the podcast. <laughs> um, now you're your humble era. Right, right. I don't know. I always thought you were cool. I feel like you... I knew who you were, and I knew that you lived in the same dorm as me my freshman year, because you were in Vedic. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I only knew about you from YouTube. This is so embarrassing. I don't know if we can talk about this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, we can We don't have to. No, we can that. expose. We can okay. expose that. But I feel like you told me that like two months after we'd already been friends, that you, you and your friends found my, my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we found it together. I think each of us just uniquely knew about it. Because I watched it when I was a freshman, like coming to Calvin. Before you came, like trying to figure out about the, about the dorms, because it was. But listen, I I'm like the only one that made a dorm video because yeah. the ones on Calvin's website were kind of booty, booty. Yeah, a little bit booty. <laughs> but mine was also booty in another way, you know. It's kind of <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but it's kind of fun. But I didn't really know anything about you. Yeah. I feel like I followed Sarah on Instagram, but. Didn't even know each other, except until we met in that class, and I didn't really know anything about you. But then, we both got hired for the same job. Mm-hmm. She's so <laughs> random. Do you ever think about... Well, I know why you applied. Because you were in OL, and like you had a great mm-hmm. orientation experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder why I applied. Well, didn't you get recommended? Yeah. By Bear or something? Yeah. I got like an email about it, mm-hmm. and I was like, hmm, I don't necessarily want to go home this summer mm-hmm. um so maybe it would be fun to like have a job in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and it seemed like it would look good on a resume mm-hmm. and I was like okay why not and I didn't really expect to get hired because most of my freshman and sophomore year especially my freshman year just with COVID I just kind of feel like I wasn't somebody people knew like I don't know. Outside of the circles I was in, I didn't feel like I was, like, very popular um, or known. You didn't have a YouTube channel, so it's, like... Right, that's that's part of it. (laughs) Sorry, why? (laughs) No, but it is, like, really random that, like, that whole group in general, like, none of us... I mean, you and and Bear were friends before, but it's, like, outside of that, I feel like it was just people from all different majors and... It was a hodgepodge. And areas of... Of Calvin, but we got hired in like spring of no, spring of twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty two. Spring of twenty twenty two. In January. For orientation and worked together all of January. Like we didn't even really talk. Yeah. That much until like the summer. I talked with like Sana and Serena. Um... So we were all just like kind of doing our own thing, and we were still kind of just going through it with. COVID, a lot of things in the social work department were changing, so I feel like I wasn't even in, like, the best mood or position to be, like, a good friend to anyone, I feel like, that semester, but then I feel like in the summer is when we actually started, like, you know. Yeah. Well, we saw each other being every friends. day mm-hmm. in the office, mm-hmm. and I think it was just goofy at first. Mm-hmm. Like, like just... we were stressed about the job, but I think we didn't take it very seriously at the same time. Yeah. I think it was, like, a, a good balance because I feel yeah. like there were so many aspects of the job that felt just, like, so stressful and, like, so unlike any other job that we've ever right. worked, truly. Truly. But 
the fact that we would just like come in every day and like watch a, a random YouTube video as like inspiration for the day or like the different roles that we had being like president of the team one week. Nutritionist. Nutritionist and like having to like buy snacks and like cook dinner for the team. It just was like a pretty silly job. Mm -hmm. um, and like they incorporated a lot of fun and funny moments into it in general. But, but I feel like that as silly as it was and me being somebody who just doesn't want to do Twin Tuesday <laughs> and just like has RBF and looks thinks she's better than everybody. I don't think I I don't think the job would have been bearable if it didn't have the silly that, moments mm -hmm. of it. Like no that way. job was definitely one of the hardest I've ever done. No, and I I think that we did good work like welcoming the new students. Yeah. But I feel like like you said, the thing that made it worth it was just like the fun that we were able to have yeah. in the office every day with everyone, seeing everyone there. Right. Spending just like a lot of quality time all together <laughs> all summer long. Yeah. Yeah. And then like literally dying and going to hell together. <laughs> <laughs> going to the depths of hell and coming back out. And then, and then starting the then semester. Starting the semester. <laughs> yeah. No, guys, literally orientation. We worked like all the spring semester, like like kind part of ongoing part-time, yeah. but then it turned into a full-time job in the summer. And that was like planning orientation days for new students. And then the last like two weeks before the semester, <laughs> I think I literally got like four hours of sleep yeah, all of those nights. We were working overtime. Yeah, yeah I clocked like every single 80 day. hours a week like leading up to like quest and i probably clocked over a hundred like i i, I mm -hmm. stopped counting but it was over a hundred during the week of quest mm -hmm. like your life there wasn't like a going home after work during orientation no. week it was just like i literally work. think i stayed in the office until like one or two so many days finishing projects but we definitely you know bonded as a team with all of our shared stress yeah yeah, I don't know if I remember like a specific moment where I was like, oh, I feel like we're like, we're actually like friends now. Yeah. You know? But there was a switch where I like, I wasn't scared of you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think we, we hung out one-on-one -on -one a couple times in the summer and had some good chats like with the whole team driving back from like Chicago. I remember us. Yeah. Having good heart-to-hearts. Right. At um, base camp. Base camp. That was really fun. So I feel like... That was kind of like our friendship origin was O-Ward yeah. because I don't think that our paths would have really crossed. I mean, we had social work before that, but... Yeah, that didn't pan out. <laughs> didn't really work out for us in intro. I feel like I definitely learned some skills from O-Ward, but I feel like the thing that I'm most grateful for is just the relationships that came out of it, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody asked me, like, last week what I was most proud of in the last year, and I, like, had to think about it a bit. And my first thought was dropping out of school. <laughs> um, but the more I thought about it, I, I honestly, I had to come back to O-Ward because I was like, I, I just don't think I've done anything. I wrote that on my, before. like, my re reflections of 2022. Yeah. And I wrote O-Ward. I just don't know if I've done anything that difficult. Mm -mm. But, like, simultaneously, so silly. That's what, but it wouldn't I, I can't been, describe it. I don't even know, like, how been, to explain what we yeah. did or what. It would have been the worst job ever if it didn't have, like, like funny moments and like good friendships the stuff that transcended the the booty is what made right. it like worth it to me mm -hmm. and like make me still kind of reflect fondly on it like i wouldn't yeah. do it again no but i think i'm grateful for what it was right because i think about like you and i probably wouldn't have been friends i wouldn't have been friends with like the other people on the board and i just think like that was the first summer that i remember really enjoying summer in grand rapids right which is kind of surprising because like it was really stressful and I think I learned a lot about myself of like okay how can I not project my feelings on my housemates when I get home because I'm feeling like really dead or really stressed right but it was the first time that I feel like there's a lot of fun built into our summer too yeah but then I feel like after that just hanging out yeah I, we have like a good balance of like being able to talk about our hearts and like where we're at mm -hmm. but also just be silly or like listen to the toy story soundtrack <laughs> and cry in the car yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
we have some fun shared experiences of both being Barnabai, like the spiritual leaders in the dorms, yeah. both being coworkers for orientation, social work majors. We're very similar. And <laughs> why are you laughing? That's true. We're similar in certain ways, but we're also like very different in other ways too. Whenever we did kind of just like break the ice in our friendship and started like goofing around, I think that you're someone that can just like never fail to make me laugh no matter what you do. And it just reminds me a lot of my brother. And I think I told you that, but growing up, he was just always someone that could do anything. And I was always going to be laughing so much. And I think you're that person in my life as well. But where are they going with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> the Enneagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to talk about how we're similar or different, but okay. Yeah. I think we have a lot of the same values like very very similar um like just very people oriented mm-hmm. and like you said growth oriented um we probably tend to see things as like more important i think than some people like i, I don't know Wait, if i think we probably sense. we probably give more weight yeah we put a lot of weight, weight to things in our lives weight, and like yeah conversations or interactions or just like the things that are going on right Mm -hmm. like presence i think whether whether that be rumination on an idea um or just like wholly like living in the moment i guess Mm -hmm. um i think normally you're probably more like optimistic than i am but that's a lot of people because i have a very strong capacity to be a pessimist um, but I think I'm growing out of it. And I do think that's like part of my journey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you helped me with that. In other ways, I feel like you're more, you're more welcoming than I am. <laughs> Why do you say that besides your RBF? I think it's most of the RBF. And like, I don't yeah, know. It's not even your fault though. When I, when I'm at my worst, I think I am very isolating and um i do have like that superiority complex that like activates and i don't think it activates around the people that like are my people mm-hmm. but it does on like i'll just put up a wall to anybody that's like, kind of on the fringes of yeah that. that's not like mm-hmm. in my group and i'm like yeah these people like not worth but my time <laughs> i also think like maybe this goes with that or it's kind of the flip side of that i feel like the minute or like the switch of when I feel like I was part of like your circle or your group, I feel like I was like, oh, we're good. Like, I think you're very protective and very loyal of the people that you love, mm-hmm. which I think is such a strength too. And I think that's something that like, I admire that a lot about you. And I think that you are a lot better at that than I am. Yeah. Well, you I know? think that's why I've always <laughs> identified as a six, like mm-hmm. in my own head, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just feel very loyal to the people that are like my people Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm a lot of the things I do are motivated motivated by like a need for security I Mm -hmm. guess Mm -hmm. and people um even if I am like like even if I need alone time and I have introverted moments Mm -hmm. I'm still like dependent on other people Mm mm-hmm and I'm okay with that. Like, I want to be dependent on other people. It, mm-hmm. it makes life more enjoyable. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I a lot of people t- tell me that I'm, like, I give four energy. And I, I understand it. And so sometimes I'm like, yeah, I probably am a four. But then when I think about it and I get in my head mm-hmm. about it, which is... Because I could also see you as, like, a six yeah. point five. Yeah. But also a six point seven. Maybe you're just a six because I feel like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I feel like you're like your silliness and like spontaneity of like a seven, I feel like definitely comes out. Yeah. Too, I think your goofiness. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think anybody wholly embodies yeah. a type on the on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. We're um, we're dynamic people. Right. Complex people. Um I feel like the Enneagram is like so fun as just a resource to get people to talk about themselves and to realize things about themselves. Mm-hmm. 
to grow. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, like, you're going to read something and you're like, oh, shoot, like, I relate to that so much. Mm-hmm. And that helps you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it doesn't at times, then, like, that's okay, too. Right. Because it's just a tool. Right. So, in that way, I'm like... What am I on the Enneagram? I don't know. I'm whatever I need to be that mm. is helping me, like, relate to myself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Type B. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. And I think when I was thinking about the podcast, there are so many things that I know that we could talk about because, like, I truly, reflecting on our other conversations, I truly wish that I could have just, like, had those stored up somewhere because I think they're always so encouraging to me. Um, But kind of what I wanted to talk about with you today, at least, is the topic of growth. And I think you and I are both pretty growth mind, growth mindset type of people. I think we just talk about this pretty naturally already. Yeah. But whether it just be us being in our 20s, graduation in the near future, or just what our college lives have looked like, um, I know that we've both grown a lot and, like, I don't think that I would recognize freshman year Jenna. I don't think that you would recognize freshman year Josiah. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk with you on on the podcast about. Right. I guess what made me think of this first was whenever we got coffee a couple months ago, you gave me such good advice and we're listening super, super well. Um, And you said even good change is still loss. And I think that just speaks a lot to growth and growing pains and just like a lot of the transitions that I think that we're in in our 20s. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on, I don't know, where you've kind of resonated with that in your life Yeah. as well. Um, well, I first heard that at work um, from one of the clinicians that I work with um, just we do something called a self-assessment um, where you look at people's strengths, emotions, loss, and family, um, and, and safety. Um, and when they were, like, trying to help me, like, understand, like, loss, um, realizing that, like, people can be experiencing loss even over change that is good and for the better, um, and that whenever something changes, like, by definition, you are losing something. Mm -hmm. Even if it was something that was, like, bad for you, you're losing something that you probably were used to. Mm. And I've just remembered that since I heard it at work, I guess. Um, And I think I really enjoy the job that I have right now because it, a lot of what I learned there helps me, like, as a person, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the values that we hold at work are the same values that, like, I want to hold in my life, I yeah. suppose. Um, but just with loss um, and growth, I think in my life I've just realized that since being, like, in my 20s and over the last, like, couple years, is that a lot of times growing isn't about like adding things to your life it's about figuring out what things you need to let go of I guess um and most of the times when I think about (coughs) growth it's not like me adding new skill sets to my like life or like getting a new um quality growth in my head is being like the most authentic like true to Josiah version of myself Mm -hmm. and for me to get there it's normally going backwards yeah like taking things off of your plate right or right letting go of things and or like working through trauma you know Mm -hmm. and just I guess searching yourself and figuring out the parts of you that that are hurt and then letting them heal you know Mm -hmm. letting them move on instead of like Mm -hmm. letting it fester because it affects who you are and it affects like your ability to be the person that you want to be so i think that's been like my experience in this last like 
portion of my life so far. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Every part of your life that you're in feels like it's, like, so pertinent. It's, like, so, the most important thing. Like, yeah. this is, like, the biggest thing that I've ever gone through. Right. It's, like, right it now. Is. And it is. But it's, like, and then 10 once years you have hindsight, now, right. then I feel like you're able to look at things. Because when I think about high school me clearly. and, like, the things that were so important to me, then I'm, like... That's funny. Like, why was I stressed about the ACT more than anything right. in my whole entire life? But, like, it was important for the time. Right. But now I'm, like... Right. That's kind of, like... So, I I feel like the time that I'm in right now is very important and very special. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change when I'm, like, 40. Like, I think I'll probably look back more fondly on my 20s and the growth that I had then than mm-hmm. I'm going to on my time in high school. Mm-hmm. Um but I do also want to recognize, like, maybe there's a part of this where I'm, like, overemphasizing and, like, romanticizing. Well, I also, where I'm, at. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, like, being a psych major as well. Because I feel like my friends and I have just talked a lot about how I think kind of this existentialism that we're all feeling or just a lot of our attention and energy going towards... Like, investing in ourselves, working on ourselves, wanting to grow and be the best versions of ourselves. I feel like that just feels developmentally accurate to being a 20-year-old. Right. And I'm not sure, like, I don't know all the psychology, psychological development or stages behind that. But I'm, <laughs> I would imagine it, like, it makes sense that, like, a lot of us are feeling this and experiencing this. Right. Yeah, I think there's a developmental piece to it where... I mean, like, even just, like, neurologically, like, your brain is finally reaching its, like, most developed state. Like, mm-hmm. your prefrontal cortex um, is, like, going to finish developing while you're, like, you know, b- around the time you turn 25. Mm-hmm. So we're in a stage of, like, our our bodies are finally, like, matured, you know, we're adults, but at the same time, we are still developing. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I don't know. I always like to think about Erickson um, and how he had, like, these eight different stages mm-hmm. of development um, that have, like, tasks that you need mm-hmm. to accomplish. Um, and when you don't, like, you get um, stuck mm-hmm. in that spot, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're kind of just all in that same stage of like finding identity mm-hmm. and you know self growth and understanding and learning like what love is and how to love mm-hmm. ourselves, which mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of stuff that like probably just would have gone over my head <laughs> like five years ago. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting and. Like, while I think it is just, like, probably pretty developmentally accurate for a lot of us to be experiencing this, I I think that, like, growth doesn't just happen, though, either. Like, you have to be intentional, like you were mentioning, if you right. want to, like, work through your trauma or work through things that are going on in your life. That takes intentional work, and, like, that's difficult and heavy work to process that and to unlearn behaviors and unlearn things messages you've told yourself or have been told your whole life so I just feel like that's an important piece of it too is like it is intentional and it takes a lot of work and it can be hurtful and hard right at times too yeah nobody tells you about that part of like being 20 I remember like Mm -hmm. after I turned 21 I went through like my like oh I can buy a drink at the restaurant stage Mm -hmm. and like literally anytime I got food Mm-hmm. I was going to get a drink. And then I got out of that that excitement, and I just realized, like, man, this is hard. It's kind of hard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. There's just... So... I've never been processing so many things about no, not... myself. I feel like both of us are probably just in our heads a lot of the time. Too much. Too much. But I'm yeah. like, I think this time of my life, more than any other time, I cannot exit my thought process. Like, I'm just always having thoughts or ponderings yeah in my brain all the time and i'm like what is going on like yeah. high school jenna had none of these big profound thoughts yeah okay i 
something that I really admire about you is like how thoughtful you are about your faith and just like where you're at in life and something that you've mentioned a couple times is wanting to return to a place of childlike faith and I'm curious what your growth with that journey has looked like lately Hmm. yeah I think that also relates to what we were talking about earlier with like change and how in my experience it's just been normally growth has happened when I've removed things Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like how it's been with my faith journey I think since like being at Calvin and being a Barnabas is that I went through so much just like shocks to my faith I guess last year um, with like our department and with the CRC and just I mean not even last year just in the last like few years as Mm -hmm. I've kind of come away from what I knew as like Christianity and just like the way I was raised as very conservative um, since I've like kind of moved past that there's just been a lot of things that I had to reconcile and -hmm. reconcile like with the Bible and with God and I got to a point where I was like I can't Mm -hmm. and I am someone who used to be so systematic with my thinking about the Bible and I wanted everything to work and I couldn't let the Bible contradict itself and I couldn't like let there be an unanswered question within my theology and so my head was just so full of like terms and concepts and things that like I guess they're great tools Mm -hmm. for the people that want to use them but Mm -hmm. for me they were hindering my connection and my faith um, and like my spirituality because I could no longer connect um, with that part of my faith because it felt like or I, I couldn't connect with God at all really because I just felt so much um, ambiguity mm-hmm. and I wasn't used to it um, I wanted everything to fit into the right box and so what I've just been realizing is that in order for me to have a strong faith it's taken a lot of not even deconstructing or like reorganizing just like removing borders I guess mm-hmm. um, that I like in boxes that I put into it mm-hmm. um to the point where I now like it feels like I'm closer to having a childlike faith of just accepting things that there are things that I don't understand and being like well that's okay yeah because God's good mm-hmm. um and not losing sleep over it you know mm-hmm. um so I've I think a a large portion of it for me has just been getting comfortable with ambiguity and realizing that so much of human like human existence is ambiguous and there's not always a moral right and a moral wrong and there's not always Mm -hmm. like a clear-cut answer um and so I've just like looked at being a Christian in the past couple years is like just being comfortable living in the gray areas Mm -hmm. um not not as like a choice of being like yeah I'm gonna come to this line and stand here like in this gray this is a gray area area. this is a loophole Mm -hmm. not like that but like um I don't really know if there's a clear cut right or wrong answer to this and I'm just gonna have to be okay with that Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of like helped me like heal, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of church hurt and theological hurt and something one of my, my discipleship assistant said to me during my year was just let your theology be small and your love be big. And that's just stuck with me, um. And kind of like been my guiding um, 
stone, I guess. Like my guiding star. <laughs> stone. My guiding star. Um, like, and that's not just love, I think. It's just like with other people and with my interactions with people, I'm going to let my theology be small. Yeah. But with my <clears throat> own trust in God and my inner turmoil and stress, I'm going to let my theology be small because most of the time, it's worked out better that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that relates to like what you were saying about how much weight we give the thoughts that we have. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it can be easy to like get sucked into a spiral of trying to like fully rationalize, fully understand all those things. But like you said, that's not always possible. Right. And I think that takes growth and perspective and sometimes some crises to bring you to that place where you feel like, comfortable and okay with not knowing yeah and I think also realizing for me that the church isn't perfect I'm like the church isn't God you Mm -hmm. know so I was expecting like it to live up to the standard Mm -hmm. that I had like made for it Mm -hmm. which is a like an ideal like good standard Mm -hmm. but we're all non-ideal people yeah I think you know the idea that like brokenness is not excluded from Christian spaces, yeah, was such a big realization for me too, because we're all broken people. Yeah. Um. We kind of already touched on like what you're grieving or growing through right now, but I'm curious, what would a 22 year old Josiah want to say to high school Josiah? I think what I've realized, I guess, is just that there's always a lot more life after tragedy and after hardship, um, and there's still a lot more goodness, I guess. And so high school me, like, didn't really understand that I don't think and maybe I've just always been in my existential era (laughs) but I just feel like I don't know I I mean I I struggle with like suicide um suicidal ideation and um like very intense depression for a lot of high school and when I look back on it I'm like wow like I was so caught on the small things Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't see any good. And when you're in that, like, that kind of, like, really bad mental illness, like, you can't see the light. And that's super frustrating mm-hmm. on the other side of it. And it's super frustrating for the people around you. Like, I can't, like, when I try and, like, imagine my parents thinking about me, like, being so depressed and, like, feeling like everything was, like, hopeless and worthless... Like, I'm like, man, I don't know how they handled that, like, in a way that made me feel seen. Mm. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. I think I may be too hard on myself about it. And just being like, there was a lot of good that I wasn't seeing. And part of that, I mean, most of that is just, like, an actual mental illness. Yeah, so not... Um, but I think I would, right. I think I would just want to tell myself then like, there's a lot that you don't see, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's right now in the moment that you're too, you're too far in to see, or it's stuff that are in the future that like you haven't even conceptualized yet. Mm -hmm. Um, like if you had, this is so cheesy to say, but like if you had told me that I was going to be going to college in Michigan, like, I would have been like, no, I'm not. Because mm-hmm. um, that's just so, like, it was so far away from anything I'd ever thought of. But here I am, like, what, almost three years living here? Mm-hmm. And, like, loving life <laughs> as as hard as it is sometimes, like, really loving life. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
I don't know. I wish I could have told myself then, like, relax. Like, it'll be okay. And I don't know. I'm like, you can always commit suicide tomorrow. And that sounds horrible. Um, but it really resonated with me to think about the fact that, like, that's a decision you can only make one time. But waiting, like, you always have the opportunity to do that. But give it another day or another week or another month or another year and see what can change. Because, like, for me, like, everything changed in a year. I went from, like, September 2019, I think, yeah, probably, like, the most depressed I'd ever been. Finally getting help, um, graduating high school, and then going to college, and by the next September, like, I was living in Michigan one year later. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I guess just like there's a lot you don't see. And even right now, I'm like, there's probably so much that's going to happen in my life that isn't what I planned on. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be like so good. Mm-hmm. And I, have, I haven't even conceptualized it yet. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I think that was so good. And I feel like you touched a lot on too, the idea of like holding out for hope and like the yeah. possibility of good things coming, which I think I don't want to negate how difficult that is when you're in such a dark and depressive state. Cause I think like you even mentioned that too, like it's so difficult to see the possibility of good yeah. things coming in the future. I don't know. I just like appreciated all that you shared. And I hope that you know how proud I am of you. Yeah. Um, but how proud I am of you. Cause I think that in general, you're just one of the hardest working people that I know and so resilient and so, so loving and giving of your time and your energy to people, even if you are in the best place, I just know that you're still someone that is always loving people so well. Yeah. So I just hope that you know that and how happy I am that that you're here and that you did come to college in Michigan and that we met. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you sharing all that. I have like one more question. Um. Okay, two more. Just kidding. <laughs> in what ways are you most proud of yourself for growing in the past year? So this goes back to when we were talking about like what I've been most, like how I was saying award was what I was most oh, yeah. proud of. I think that was my most like proud of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like things I'm proud about myself, it probably does come down to taking my semester off of school mm-hmm. and just like finally accepting that I could do something for myself Mm -hmm. that felt very against, like, my nature, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. I I came into high school, or into college, with, like, a huge chip on my shoulder. Like, I wanted to have the best GPA, and I wanted to have zero debt when I graduated, and... I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And I wanted to prove myself wrong because, like, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college. Like, I, I mean, I didn't think I was, like, capable to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in with this, like, mindset that I couldn't quit. Mm-hmm. And I needed to prove people wrong. And I was, like, I was trying to put my money where my mouth was, you know, because, like, I wasn't getting any help um, mm-hmm. with school um, from family. Really, other. I mean, they bought my books, which has always been a blessing. But mm-hmm. like tuition wise, like yeah. rent wise, I was always on my own. But 
I think I just like finally was able to accept that like I could do what I needed to do for myself mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't letting anybody down mm-hmm. I certainly wasn't letting myself down mm-hmm. um, so taking time away from school like has been great it's been really hard mm-hmm. and I've been doing a lot of like work on myself I think mm-hmm. like just trying to get back to a place of like holistic wellness I guess so I can come back to school and be better you know and not mm-hmm. not be drowning I guess mm-hmm. um, so I think that I don't know I think I've just been able to heal a lot of like childhood like long-term like hurts I guess in the mm-hmm. last year um but yeah one of them was definitely just like thinking that I had something to prove mm-hmm. and realizing that like I've already proven so much but mm-hmm. there's also nobody that I was there's, needed there's no that, pressure. I, that I needed to prove anything to yeah you know mm-hmm. and like you're not letting anyone down by doing what's best for you yeah at the end of the day that's okay last question looking ahead into the months and the year ahead what does growth look like for you it's a lot of things i want to finish school um but at the same time like now i have to realize that work and like my position there has Mm -hmm. become like a part of my identity Mm mm-hmm um, and I don't think I want to just like pause that. So I want to finish school, but I also want to stay involved at Bethany. And so I guess I'm just trying to figure out like to which capacity I can do each of those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning towards staying full time at Bethany and trying to also be full-time at school we'll see how that goes Mm -hmm. um but i want to be like in everything that i'm in i want them it it feels like i'm doing a disservice Mm -hmm. to myself and to the people that i'm around if i'm not being my whole like healthy Mm -hmm. self yeah um and so I'm like, I don't, I mean, that was part of like me dropping out of school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't want to be a student if I couldn't be Like the student. best possible student yeah. that, you, that you know that you could be. Right. Like not able to show up. Right. Um, and so like, if I can do both in the fall, like I, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like, I'm not going in with an expectation really. Mm-hmm. I know that there's been like a lot of opportunities at work that have been um, presented to me. Um, for like promotions and like extra responsibilities and that feels like such a blessing to Mm -hmm. be like wow I've only been here for a year Mm -hmm. and like they recognize my work Mm -hmm. and they want me to like do more of it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why like it feels so important to me right now Mm -hmm. Um, but I also don't like if I need to chill a little bit like I can yeah um but I think, yeah, the big thing is I just want to be, I want to take care of myself and love myself enough that I can be my best self for everybody I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will also include, like, my relationships and hopefully, like, becoming a husband and just, like, <laughs> in all my areas, just treat, treating myself the right way so that I can treat other people the right way so good thanks for sharing yeah all your things and yeah I just appreciate everything that you were willing to share I feel like you always have such good words of wisdom (laughs) words of advice also so well spoken um no I I wanted to thank you for being on the podcast and just being one of the best listeners advice givers that I've known and 
someone that can switch from doing the stanky leg to having like the most meta philosophical conversation with me. I really think that you are just one of the wisest and most caring friends that I've had. And I appreciate you a lot. Thanks, Jenna. That's all we got. So we didn't do like we the high and low. <laughs> okay. Do you want to share your high and low? No, it's okay. <laughs> you can come on another episode. Okay. But thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Catch y'all later. Catch y'all on the flip side. I hope that this episode related to growth was comforting to you. If you're in a similar season of life, maybe you're getting ready to graduate college soon or you find yourself in your 20s like us, I hope you take some comfort in in what Josiah said, that even good change is still loss, um, that you give yourself some grace for for the growth that you're going through, whether or not you, whether you recognize it or not. So it's called growing pains for a reason, right? And we're all going through it. We're all growing and working on our own things and working on ourselves. I don't know, kind of in the same way that I said I wanted to be, I wanted to grow in grace. I hope you can grow in grace for yourself as well. If no one has told you this in a while, I want to be the first to say that I'm so proud of you for all that you're going through, all that you're growing through. For the person that you are becoming and growing into. Um, and I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you can look back at all the ways that you've grown in the past year. All that you've overcome. And truly be proud of yourself. Because I think that's one of the most beautiful things about us. Is that as humans we all have the capacity to change and to grow and that's scary and it's difficult work but it's also just so encouraging to know that that our lives are going to look drastically different from how they look right now. Josiah is all things silly and and intelligent and incredible and and so so thoughtful. I think just getting to be his friend and getting to to just sit in and share with so much of his wisdom just secondhandedly by being his friend is such a blessing to me and that's enriched my life in so many ways and just I'm just so happy that both of our paths crossed at Calvin and I love the ways that I've seen him grow as a person and our friendship throughout the past year yeah he's someone that I I just look up to a lot and I love a whole lot um, and I hope you guys do too. I think that Josiah has changed my life for good in, in the ways that he inspires me to grow and to be, to be the best version of myself because I see that in him and I see the ways that he's so intentional and so thoughtful about, about wanting to show up to things 100% for the people and the places in his life. I think his thoughtfulness and his attention to to bettering himself has bettered me immensely as a person and as a friend. I hope that in listening to our conversation that that, that also changes you for good. Thanks for, for listening to Josiah and I and our thoughts and our hearts. I love you guys so much. Bye.